Coming up, Volcano Bay released some new pricing information. We have our first house for Halloween Horror Nights 27, and then we are going to take all of your questions live on the air and answer, well, the ones that we deem to be the best. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Universal Edition of The Diz Unplugged. This is episode 121 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I am your host, Craig Williams, and today I am joined alongside by my co-host, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Yes. So, I'm not normally here, so uh, that was terrible. Well, no, you don't live here. Yeah. Uh, Pete lives here. Yes. But he's oh, that's here. whose house it is. I forget. Yeah. So, hey guys, welcome to this episode. We have a jam-packed one for you. Uh, at first, uh, you know, just a couple of days ago, we were looking at this saying, okay, well, we're going to be able to answer a lot of questions in the next uh, 45 minutes to an hour-ish uh, because, well, nothing was really happening. And then out of nowhere, uh, it became Newsweek Central, I guess, for Universal in the past two days uh, between some Volcano Bay news as well as some Halloween Horror Nights news. Both very exciting, answering a lot of questions that we had. So it only makes sense that we'd answer those questions before we start answering your questions. Uh, so, Rhino, what do you say? Should we just kick it off right away and we go into sh- the first story? Yeah, we absolutely should. I am pulling out questions out of the chat for after this as well. Yeah, so uh, for everyone watching live right now watching this on youtube.com slash diz unplugged go ahead start leaving your questions in the chat right now and uh as soon as we get to that portion we'll start answering them and then as we're answering those questions we'll keep pulling more questions it's questions 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 that should be the name of this episode but it's not (laughs) it starts with volcano bay because that's what we're going to talk about first in that volcano bay actually has now released their one-day ticket prices as well as the options for annual passes And then on top of that, we now know information for Universal Express coming to Volcano Bay, too. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, A one-day ticket at Volcano Bay. You know, there was a lot of uh, talk back and forth. What would it be? Would it be uh, the, you know, hundred or so dollars that it would normally cost uh, to go to any of the other parks at Universal? Would it be less? Well, it turns out it is less. It will cost $67.00 per adult to get into Volcano Bay and $62 per child, which that seems uh, reasonable for me. You yeah. know? Well, I mean, what's the, the universal comparison for their water parks is in the 50 to $60 range, isn't it? I should have checked this. I can check it right now. I have a computer in the internet. Yeah, you know, that's that's what you're here for, to help back me up when I'm wrong. <laughs> I like to pull you, like, ask you the questions that you need to search, and then, oh, okay. Yeah, and, and that's uh, happening. I, so I'm doing it. Sorry. Yeah, we, you guys are asking so many questions, and I'm trying to pull them out as fast as I can. So I apologize. When we get to that part, we're going to miss some of you. Yeah. but we'll, we don't like We'll do our best. So we have that pricing for the one day. Uh, along with this, we also heard about how they were going to restructure their terminology on passes so before they were kind of doing the uh, tiered 
pricing based on the type of season. Uh, now we know they have two seasons. It is anytime season, and that would be equivalent to peak. And then we have value season, and that would be when things are slow. There is a third one, and that's called a mixed season ticket. And that is when, let's say, Volcano Bay is at an anytime value. It's really busy, but uh, the parks may be in the value part. So, you know, it's, the pricing is adjusted for that. Rhino, do we have an answer? I do. Uh, and it seems like, and my guess is Disney's about to change this, but. Um, one day water park ticket. Um, uh, those prices you gave for Volcano Bay were those with or without tax? Uh, or was it unspecific? I would. I'm going to go ahead and say it was without tax. I okay. didn't pay attention. to okay. it. Okay, so uh, then I'm going to give you the without tax. So one day water park ticket, um, ages ten and up, sixty two dollars for Disney, and three to nine fifty six dollars. So it's about a five dollar difference in there. Yeah, but still right in the same price range. Oh yeah, um, but what so. I'm sure is going to happen is Disney's now going to raise the price to match it. Yeah, they know they they now have a reason to. Um, so. Yeah, let's say uh, you also – we have now the three-park one-day tickets, which that's a lot of parks to accomplish in one day. Um, the value season price for that would be $205 per adult, 200 per child, and the anytime season price for this option would be $219 per adult, 214 per child. So if you think you can handle all three parks in one day – that is available for you. Yes. Uh, for us annual pass holders out there, represent if you're there. Woo. That's that's, that's you too. I am. Yeah, we're yeah, both angel right pass holders. No, confused. I'm not confused. Okay. No. Okay. Well, I, we are annual I pass you were holders. Just asking who is an annual pass holder yeah, out there, and that's me. I am yeah. one. Sorry, I thought a little bit more enthusiasm would come over. Better. Me too. There you go. <laughs> so annual pass holders will have two options now. You can either have a two park annual pass, which will cover Universal Studios Florida and Islands of Adventure, or you can have a three park annual pass, which will cover. The two parks plus Volcano Bay. Now, with this, the uh, three-park Premier Pass, which this will be the most expensive one, non-Florida residents six eighty-eight ninety-nine, Florida residents six thirty-eight ninety-nine. Uh, this will include no blockout dates for Volcano Bay. Uh, which so this is going to be the pass that you want to get if you know you are going to go to Volcano Bay throughout the summer. Because right now the blockout dates that affect the other passes. Uh, that Universal will be selling the preferred, the power, and the seasonal. Those all have a blockout date from July 1st through July 31st. So you won't be able to use it at all in July. Uh, so the three-park Premier Pass, that's what you're going to want to go to for that one. Uh, and then, so essentially what it rounds out to is right now, if you have a two-park Premier Pass and you want to upgrade to that one, it'll cost you an extra $149. Uh, if you have any of the other two park passes right now and you want to upgrade those to the three park passes, that will cost you an extra ninety nine dollars. Um, and, you know, if you're just buying a pass fresh brand new for the uh, very first time, it already takes all that into account. You know, for three three parks for the premiere, no blockout dates at all. You still get your Halloween Horror Nights ticket in there. Still get the valet parking for free as well as the uh, the preferred parking for free. I or I believe it's being called Premier Parking now to go along with the uh, the name in the past. I think that's still a fair deal, right? Yeah, oh yeah. So for I think about that every time I go and use that pass. I'm like the the amount of times you're going, parking's like twenty bucks now. Yeah. And I don't even know how much the valet is. Yeah. You'll pay for that pass in parking alone. 
Yeah. So it's still not absolutely ridiculous. And of course, we have all full pricing for this on our website if you're interested. Uh, the big thing that I was kind of surprised at, I guess I shouldn't have been though, is that Express is going to be offered at Volcano Bay. So regardless of the fact that we have the virtual lines, which will make waiting easy on top of that we do have express thrown in there too and you will have the option of either getting normal express which of course is you get one uh ride on the attraction uh the, for all the participating attractions or then you can get the unlimited one and that will be of course unlimited experiences on those attractions that take express and the one-time use express uh per attraction will Come in starting at nineteen ninety nine per person per day plus tax. Uh, and from what I was looking at, most of the summer dates, the express for that's around thirty four ninety nine uh, to about fifty dollars a day. So you know, not not too terrible, I guess. Whereas the unlimited express starts at thirty nine ninety nine per person per day plus tax, and a lot of the dates during the summer are about sixty to eighty dollars for that unlimited express. But it is an option. You can just skip all the tapu tapu crap that you don't want to do if you want to just get express. Um, it did not say anything about it the the uh, the on site hotels if that in- express was included. So hmm. I'll be interested on that. I'm you know part of me is leaning towards maybe it should be if it is for the parks. Why not for the water park too? But um, I don't know. It depends. I guess how they're going to end up considering it whereas like disney it's its own two things yeah whereas is this its own thing but they make it seem like it's one of you know it's in the family of those parks so yeah they they do so uh with that reasoning i would believe i believe that your hotels you can already get free express for uh portofino hard rock and royal pacific those will also give you free express for volcano bay but that that is just a guess on my part i didn't read it anywhere maybe uh, you know i was researching this very early in the morning so I I may have missed a thing or two out there. I'm not going to act like I know everything about it. Only Universal does. Only they truly know everything. But that is the main news coming out of Volcano Bay. So it's great that we finally have those one-day ticket prices, the annual pass information. But I'm already done caring about Volcano Bay. And I'm excited that? for your next story. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's because of our next story yes. is that out of nowhere – we finally get that we will have American Horror Story returning to Halloween Horror Nights. What seasons will they be? What seasons will they be? Well, this time around, we will get Season 2, Asylum, Season 3, Coven, and Season 6, Roanoke. Yeah, very interesting. And then wh- what they'll do after this, who knows, because that's all the show. <laughs> so, I mean, they'll have a Season 7, but... Yeah, they, no, they'll have a Season 7, but uh, it might... It won't be the length. So, again, this is probably going to be in the exact same sound stage, the exact same length as the last one, which is a really long last time around. They did Season 1, Murder House, Season 4, Freak Show, and Season 5, Hotel. Um, This will be an interesting one. Uh, I I know they, they told us last year that part of the reason why they didn't do Asylum in it was that because they have so many, uh, they have so many other kind of original properties that really make use of asylums and then last year having like lunatics playground oh, which yeah, was that's an a good asylum yeah. they always do asylum a lot so they didn't feel like they could do it justice last year so i guess that's changing now coven uh i watched like the first two episodes of that when it was originally uh on tv and i really like the new orleans vibe about it 
Um, I Coven was good. Coven wasn't so much like the other seasons where it was like horror horror. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very like the craft. It was like what I I would consider the craft TV show to be like. So for me, you know, when you're didn't it end at Epcot? No, did it? No, I could have swore didn't leave I remember New Orleans at all. I, I could have swore. Did you watch I that season? No, I only watched the first two okay, episodes. You, oh, I could have swore there was some stupid little bit in it about how like they, they were going to Epcot or something. Maybe that's some other complete different show that's also in like the Ryan Murphy type universe sphere. But I thought there was something stupid like that in it. I could. I'm probably completely wrong. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I'm going to look it up, though, for you, because that's what I'm here for. Yes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It, um, somebody, it looks like in some forms, as, as, I, as I'm watching American Horror Story Coven last night, two of the characters are given two tickets to take a bus from NOLA to Epcot, the safest place on Earth. Okay, that's what I, I thought so there was there, some It Epcot must have been a throwaway comment, because yeah. it, it definitely wasn't filmed there. Okay. I, uh, also, more updated information for you. The prices for Volcano Bay did not include tax. Thank you, Jackie you Gailey, go. for that information. Thank you so much, Jackie. Uh, and then season six, Roanoke, I watched like the first four episodes of that. I only saw the first one so far. Um, yeah. So, But I like the vibe of it. I just, To me, American Horror Story is one of those shows that you should binge watch it. Uh, that is the proper way of doing yeah. it. Basically, every FX show, for the most part, is like a binge-worthy... American crime story, yeah. Yeah, so I... Uh, a legion. Yeah, actually, yeah. you're right. They do this new type of storytelling that you're kind of like, I need it all at once. Yeah, so uh, I have a lot of catching up on that to do. Uh, since you have seen Asylum and Coven, though, would you say that you feel there is enough imagery in these two to kind of build the house? Like, Wait, so tell me what seasons you saw. You only saw the seasons that were associated with the house last year, is that yes. what you said? Okay, so... Um, Asylum is probably my least favorite of all the American Horror Story seasons I've seen. I haven't seen Hotel. and I've only seen the first episode of Hotel and the first episode of Roanoke. I have them all ready to go while they're on Netflix. So um, I would say I was surprised they didn't do Asylum last year, but okay. it now makes sense why you said they didn't because there was a lot. Like there's an alien. There's a Nazi. There's it, – it's an insane asylum. So it's very – it seemed like a very easy thing to do. Um and then, um, uh, as far as Coven goes, I mean, I think that's a fan favorite. I, I think it's it, it divided. Like, there are the people who, like, love Coven, and there are people who are like, meh. But, but I also think that that has potential for some really cool New Orleans-set stuff. And yeah. um, I, I can already, as soon as they announce that, there it, it's not – there's a Kathy Bates where I was – a scene where I was like, oh, they got to have Mary LeBeau like this in this yeah. house and roanoke i don't know because i haven't seen it, so i can't really testify to that one but uh, i i yeah. mean i can already say uh just for myself watching what i did of roanoke uh it it clearly will it, it clearly will have a creepy present plus uh just a few years ago at halloween horror nights we had the roanoke house which obviously follows two different it's not the exact same thing but they've already kind of went down that woodsy vibe before many many times actually so uh it, it, yeah in my opinion i feel like there is enough imagery uh from the little bits and pieces of all this stuff that uh we could really really get another beautiful house out of it i i won't say that last year that the american horror story was, house was my favorite house but it was one of my favorites and uh it's it, of the entire event it was one of the only ones that got me to actually scream out loud on multiple, multiple occasions. So, Which one? American Horror Story. 
The original one? Oh, yeah, the, the house. house last year. I, I was imagining you watching TV no. in your house for some reason, just like screaming on the couch and your wife glaring at you. No, which no, is no. usually the other way around. I don't, so that's fine. I don't scream at movies. And I, I just don't do that. But the house got to me because every time I'd walk into the, the one room that was pitch black and what's his name from the first season? Evan Murphy's character. Um, um, oh, gosh. Uh, Peter? Uh, no. No, Evan, not Evan Murphy. Evan, Evan Peters. Evan Peters, sorry. Yeah. But um, Tate. Tate, yeah. yeah. Every time you'd walk into that black room and Tate would just – all of a sudden the lights would come on and Tate would be staring right into your eyes. That always got to me. But, uh, yeah, I I cannot wait for it. I am ready to get back into the swing of the Halloween season. And, you know, all we have to do is get through Volcano Bay, Avatar. I've got Megacon that weekend. We have, a, we have a 20th anniversary event. It's basically two weeks of like – I imagine our brains at the end are going to be like scrambled eggs. Yep. So, but then we come out of the rest of summer and we have Halloween. So. I know. I just can't wait. I can't wait. I'm sorry, but I can't wait to start seeing what Hollywood's going to have too. So we have our houses and their houses. There's just so much to look yeah. forward to. This this one will be in Hollywood too. So uh, that, did that it is, say that? Yeah. It will, oh, okay. Yeah, it'll be in Hollywood too. So you'll get a different take on that one. Hopefully, I get it out to Hollywood this year so I can see that as well. But what that's that's it for the news right now so what do you say we jump into these uh question and answers okay yeah to? um people can keep asking in the chat but um i've selected a few out of here um first of all number one kyle jurgensen says question why do you hate us craig rhino i said i don't know kyle why what do you mean we hate you guys they just they're it, i don't um, I, I'm going to follow this up with Allie F- uh, Fishman's question, which is, "What will you? Uh, it's the it's basically why aren't we doing the live shows anymore?" Oh, so she so she asks a good follow up as opposed to why do we hate her? But she says, "What will you miss most about doing a live show? What new shows and or content will you be putting out when the show is no longer live?" Well, I think we should tell yeah. that. I'm like, this show is still coming out at 1 p.m. on Thursday every single week. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was gonna wait till the very end, but I guess I will do it now. Oh, sorry. I didn't. Well, I didn't want to like you know bore people right off the top of the show. The ones who don't already listen live. Uh, yeah, we we are no longer doing the live shows uh, Thursdays at one o'clock p.m. Uh, that is because right now our schedule. Uh, we are basically in the studio for hours and hours and hours a day, five days a week. Um, you know, depending on on Tuesdays, we're here for about seven hours, and the same on on Thursdays with Universal Show. So then on Monday, Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, we're usually we're usually here about four to five hours on top of that too. So we're just not getting enough time to it actually get hard, into the yeah, parks to do the job that we're here to report yeah. to you to do. It, it just think about it. I mean, if you guys are some of you are at work, some of you are whatever. It's one o'clock in the middle of a day on a third like. We it's not enough time for us to get there in the morning, and it really kind of becomes messy to get there in the afternoon, just yeah. for many reasons. And know? while we enjoy this stuff, and we are willing to work long hours to bring you a lot of entertainment, enjoy out of it. Uh, at the end of the day, too, we all do have personal lives, and we have to we have to eventually like put our foot down and say, no, I've got to stop working right now, and I've got to enjoy my family, my friends. <laughs> I've got to salvage the one friend I have left. Exactly, <laughs> and so because of that. If we bulk all of our studio time into Mondays and Tuesdays, where we pre-record a bunch of stuff for the week and and we do all of our shows, that way we are now able to free up Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, where we can be in the parks from morning until night. 
And yes, I, w- I would still love to do a live Universal show every week and have the chat room open and all that. But uh, to do that, we would have to switch our release date till Monday. And we already have the Dream Show and the Disneyland show going out. And we're not going to pack that many shows into that day. And so the Universal show will have to will have to cease being live for a while. I do. But I, I do, would it be safe to say that there's potential in the future for doing maybe special ones every now and then? Oh, yeah. No, we'll, we will absolutely still do special ones uh, every now and then when we can actually get in here. But uh, what's going to come from it, we're going to actually be able to output a lot more information from the parks. Which I think that's what you guys – I know you enjoy sitting us hearing the banter back and forth between us in the studio. But we also know you would love to see quality content from the parks too. Well, just think I, – I like to point out like – so if, if you just look at our YouTube channel. Like when we've posted – I don't want to say there aren't a lot of Universal videos on there. But think about how much more there could be if we're like on Thursdays. We're actually at Universal. Yeah. And and we'd be able to, you know, you can still send these questions to our podcast email, which yeah. is uh, uopodcast at disunplugged.com. Okay, that was good. There we are. And um, you, we could then literally show you the answer as opposed to sitting here and talking about it, which you, and then, but we'll also be able to still sit here and talk about it. So, yeah. So that's why we're making the change. Daily fix is still going to happen every single day. Uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, it'll be out of the studio. On uh, Wednesdays, Tom Bell will be doing it from California. And then on Thursdays and Fridays, we'll be doing it from on-location points all around. So we're not we're not giving up anything in this with the sole exception. The only thing that will not still come out is a live show of the Universal show. Every other show we do right now will still come out and on its normal time and place, including the Universal show, still go up at 1 o'clock on Thursdays. It just won't be live. And I promise we will be able to bring you even more content than we already are before. Uh, from in parks, even from the studio, just a lot more. Yes. As long as we have more flexibility with it. So it, it was a fun – it's been fun while it's lasted with the live one. But uh, it, it's just gotten to the point where you know we have, to, we have to sacrifice the live aspect of it so we can actually do more. So let's move on to the next question. Um, okay, so oh, thanks, thanks, trippy commentaries for the shout out in there. Um, so uh, the next question, which I'm going to answer because it's relevant mm. and because I'm reading them. Okay, um, Rhino, could you see a Power Rangers attraction coming to Universal Orlando after this new movie? Now, Craig, I'm, I am going to have this discussion with you. Craig hasn't seen it yet. We're going to go yes. see it, um, but. I've thought this before because Power Rangers is currently on Nickelodeon. It has whether whatever you feel about it. Nickelodeon has had a good relationship with Universal in the past with like Jimmy Neutron. They had the Nickelodeon Center at Universal. I don't know what the relationship is anymore if it's going away, but all the DreamWorks TV shows are on Nickelodeon. If they ever do a revamp of the kids section, I I would I'm not saying that I would be surprised if it didn't get included, but I think it would be something that could be included if they could make it something that is as adaptable as the show. So every two years, the show renews itself and becomes something new, new storyline, new people. If you could create an attraction where you could easily swap that out, I could definitely see that being a potential that could be something that they'd like because it has longevity, but it also stays fresh. Yeah, that's – I mean clearly it already has a very – large fan base i won't say it as a massive fan base um 
a historic fan base, I guess. Like one that's it, it's like it's like Superman or Batman. It's just been a thing that's always around. Yeah, it's I, I would agree to that to a point. Um I, I think the franchise itself would have to prove that there's still many more high budget action movies to come in the future. Yeah. Uh because in kind of bouncing off that, we've we've been talking about not only Power Rangers, but also Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, a lot the past uh, couple weeks or so, moving up to or leading up to the release of Power Rangers. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, another one of those Disney uh, properties that was in a Disney park at one point in time, but uh, now isn't represented anywhere. I feel like that could easily be represented at Universal in some capacity. There's been movies coming out, and they've made money and mm-hmm. they they continue to update the franchise every so often uh but we don't have anything from that so and and i i'm sorry if i offend you i consider mutant ninja turtles to be a little bit more prominent than power rangers oh i'd be i'd be okay with a ninja turtles attraction too yeah. i'm not offended but i like them both um i mean I, I see what you're saying. Ninja Turtles has a has a weird resurgence. It's yeah. not something that necessarily goes away. Like Power Rangers hasn't gone away, but it's remains steady. Whereas Ninja Turtles will like disappear for a little bit and then come back yeah. and then disappear and then come back. You know, and and honestly, I just think there are some some properties out there that are nostalgia based, like Ninja Turtles, Power yeah. Rangers. I mean, you could even go as far as say Voltron right now with the Netflix shows and stuff like that. But that are maybe underutilized that have now people that are our age have a feeling toward it so it would be a smart idea to eventually be something to invest in or yeah you know what i mean Um, i would love that i'd say it's more relevant than like barney i agree you know agree um i i I saw another question in there i don't think you wrote it down because you were not looking at it but uh and you might even have it on yours who knows but one person asked and i'm sorry i didn't get your name they asked do you think that Universal would ever bring back one of the attractions that they've gotten rid of? Oh, um, no. I'm, yeah. I mean, just flat out. I'm sorry. Like, it, it's one of those, like, you would, it'd be admitting their mistake. I don't think they'd bring it back. I think they'd, I think that they could potentially do, this kind of does tie into that Power Ranger question because it's a nostalgia based marketing is built in. I think they could revisit a property that they've got oh, yeah. like back to the we've talked we've talked before about potentially like a back to the future or an attraction that celebrates its park the park history yeah where like perhaps it you know i hate to say motion simulator again but something that goes through jaws through back to the future through god forbid et you know yeah. and and you know combines all those things into one place so that people will have that that history you know yeah i <laughs> to me, Universal, the reason why they make the decisions for the most part to abandon some of their attractions and update them, renovate them, uh, do something different is because they see that style of attraction with that property is no longer being able to maximize their profits, uh, you know, with it, like with disaster, for example, uh, Fast and Furious 7 just made so much money. Yeah, it made so much money. It it only makes sense to take out a very big attraction where that could fit in well enough and, and do it there because you know we have Fate of the Furious coming out this year. I'm guessing and that's the beginning of three more is what yeah. what they're saying. So there's going to be at least ten movies. So financially, even though I'm sad that disaster is gone now because that nostalgia has hit, it's no longer there. I wish it was back. Something better came from it. Same thing happened with Potter. Yeah, we lost Jaws. 
but we have Diagon Alley. And until Fantastic Beasts is through its run, Diagon Alley will still remain relevant. And as new generations discover the Harry Potter films, it, it happens. Back to the Future, love it. But Simpsons is still going strong. <laughs> I mean, how many well, Okay, years and later? even if it, it – so let's say The Simpsons is canceled next year. It, you, you st- it's still going to be relevant yeah. for another decade at least. You Simpsons know what I mean? plays on TV – more than Back to the Future does. Yeah, Granted, they both play a lot. I, but, I didn't mean to yeah. say it would only be relevant yeah. for a decade. I, I meant in the same sense where, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. We're getting into that weird territory where some people start to say, I've never seen Friends and I want to punch them right in their mouth. Yeah. So I, I do believe that Universal, as you said, maybe they'll try to look back at their older properties and try to revitalize them in a new way. But I don't think they'd ever uh, – intentionally try to bring back an attraction that they've gotten rid of just maybe murder she wrote yeah so of course somebody suggested that in the chat i would agree hey if they would if they would rebuild the psycho house oh my granted i know it's the psycho house from psycho four yeah but they had their opportunity when bates motel came out to get on board with that situation and now that show's ending so it's kind of like i don't think that's that's basically you know it um okay so Hit me. Uh, let's see here. Because we kind of answered some questions. Like somebody <laughs> – somebody, it, it was in a weird roundabout way. Like Brian Miller said, are there any movie franchises that you think Universal should incorporate into the theme parks and how would you recommend they do that? I feel like we kind of said like Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers yeah. a little bit. Um, I mean I'll still – we can take we can a, comment a little step more step on yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, I won't really comment on something I think they need to add to the parks because right now there's not one glaring property that I feel like needs to be added into a park. Um, but I think Universal was really hoping that Warcraft would have been a much bigger hit. Oh, you think uh, that's where they would, were going to go? I think they wish that it would have been anything because obviously uh, for the gaming aspect, it is one of the most popular games of all time. And, uh, you know, they're willing to take this chance with Nintendo and building Super Nintendo World. I feel like they felt that there would be some audience as well for Warcraft. The movie was terrible. I didn't even watch it. I'm just saying from what I saw from the previews and heard about it. So that kind of screwed that up for them. But I I think they, if that movie would have been a massive success, I think they would have tried to go after Warcraft to put into the parks somehow. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Well, um, uh, I have two questions that will kind of go together. So the first yeah. is from Player Cab. I always see – or CAB. We always see you in the chat here. Yes, we do. Um, he says – or she says, uh, sorry, uh, what's your favorite food item on Universal Property? And I'm going to follow up that with a question from Cindy after we answer that. Mm, you go first on that one. I, I need to think for a second. Uh, You've had plenty of time to think. It, it's it's a tough one. Um uh, food item. Um, I don't know that there's something that I go in and I'm like, ah, oh, I need that food thing right now. I, the thing that excites me most about Universal is there's always something cool and different to eat there. And yeah. I look for this in restaurants in downtown or like I was just in Milwaukee and like I'm always looking for a place that offers food in a unique way. So for me, rather than item, I would say that I love that places like Cowfish and, um, uh, the chocolate emporium to some chocolate emporium yes that to some they just make or, or even you know what you, you even take it take it into a more regular mainstream notch um the nbc um yeah uh is they offer food that is done in a unique take like the cuban um the meatloaf cuban 
sandwich yeah. um, that's at that's NBC, or the fact that you can get all this crazy um, the the uh, challah bread. Um, uh, burger patty melt uh, French toast thing yeah. at um, Tusum or um, Cowfish Alvers Burgushi. Like, I love that places like this exist at Universal because I don't really feel like Disney has an offering that counters any yep. of those things. And so, I rather than pick a specific one, I don't know. Burgushi is kind of cool. I just yeah, love Burgushi that Burgushi is yeah. there. No, I have at least two, and I might think of more. Um, as we go along here, my first one is actually, and it's kind of disappointed me. We posted a uh, a vlog from Krusty Burger just oh, yeah. very recently, and you had the uh, the the veggie burger of sorts that they have there, the vegetarian burger. I had the ribwich, which was very disappointing, and a lot of people in there were posting that they've had stuff like the Krusty Burger and. Um, the chicken and waffle sandwich. And that kind of took me by surprise because one of my favorite things at Universal is the chicken and waffle sandwich at Krusty Burger. Um, it's, yeah, it basically is a piece of fried chicken served between two semi cold egos. But then the sauce that they put on top is excellent. It's served with tots. Um, ever since they debuted that sandwich, it's been one of my things. If I really can't think of anything else that I want quick service in the parks, that's something I would go to. Uh, at the Cowfish, my favorite burger there is the Jalapeno Popper Showstopper. Um, I, I just absolutely love it. It's because it, it's jalapenos on jalapenos on jalapenos. It almost gets to the spiciness level that I love. Um, but yeah, those those are probably my two my two favorite things. And then I do like the uh, the tuna burgushi that they do have at um, at Cowfish. The Tuna burger, the, the tuna sand, the tuna sandwich that's oh, that the, the what shaken tuna base, yes, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's tuna a, bacon. Okay, actually, that alone is my favorite thing at Universal. Yeah. That's what I'll say because that's my like go to. Get it every time. Yeah, those are those are my three: the what shaken tuna bacon, the jalapeno popper showstopper, and then the chicken and waffle sandwich from uh, Simpsons. That's that's weird, but that's what it is. No, 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 no. I love that. I, I, Simpsons is my probably one of my favorite. You know, obviously the Harry Potter is better yeah. quality, but I like the uniqueness of yeah. of what it offers there. So I hope that answered that question. But um, the follow up with that is um, Cindy uh, Schroeder has asked: um, Disney is notorious for handling food allergies well. How does Universal do, especially with an allergy that isn't a top eight? Like she says, she's allergic to mint. Um. You know, I, I don't. We don't have a food allergy in in this group. I have heard that they are very accom- like that. You can yeah. speak to the the chef that they'll accommodate you. Um, yeah, I mean, well, let's, actually, I lied. I've been with somebody who had a food allergy before. Well, um, my wife. My wife. She's allergic to everything. Um. Well, and um, Tyler's uh, girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I. Here's the deal. Uh, my wife has shellfish. Peanut, tree nuts, and green peppers. Um, she's fun to go eating with. Yeah, she really is. <laughs> I'm, she's just, a, I'm just kidding. She's Kylie. a ball. Love you, <laughs> Kylie. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'd say of all those, the only one that's kind of on the weird side is the green pepper. Um, and like Disney, and we've said this over and over again, yes, they are very accommodating with allergies, but only to the point that they can be. So, like, if you really want something, you know, if you want a mojito, and you say, yeah. but I have a mint allergy. 
Well, there's just no way to make a mojito <laughs> yeah. without mint. So if there's something you I'd want, like a shamrock shake. <laughs> if there's something you want at Universal, they will substitute everything they can to make it as close as possible while still falling into your food allergy. But they can only do so much. If, yeah. You know, if, if you're gluten free and all they have is they don't have any challah bread and all they have is gluten free bread. Yeah, now we're just finding excuses yeah, to, to use challah. Yeah, you like how I worked it in before? I was hoping somebody would appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah the thing is, is the restaurant, you have to think that the dining experiences at Disney and Universal are very different as well. I mean, you've got sit down, you've got quick service, but it's like a. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, Disney has a lot of those really upper-level dining experiences. Um, you know, like um, the Animal Kingdom. Uh, what's that restaurant that Pete loves? Tiffin's? No, no, no. At the oh, Lodge. Gico. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Jico um, or something like that where you're going to get the chef come out and they'll prepare something very special for you. Like, I don't know that Universal has a signature other than like at the resorts maybe, but like a level restaurants in that level level you know what i mean and see that's that's being a little bit unfair the the chefs no matter if you're at any sit-down restaurant well, i've seen them come out at twosome yeah, and yeah. speak because that's where i had a specific experience and they were very accommodating yeah. they they will always come out and accommodate as much as possible mm-hmm. so never be afraid to go there i mean this universal oh, no, yeah universal isn't tgi fridays <laughs> it's it's the same exact mindset as disney we don't want people to get sick and have a bad experience here yeah. So they will do whatever they can to be as accommodating as possible. Um, and that hopefully – okay. So in following up one more on that, um, okay. which I don't know that you're going to have an answer, but um, do you have any suggestions for dining at Universal with food allergies? That's from How Ho Q's Chicky 95 I don't know how to say your name. Sorry. Um, but – do, do, does like Kylie have a favorite restaurant that she likes to go to? Um, you know, we lo- we love Cowfish. She loves Toothsome. Uh, you know, Toothsome. You have to be a little bit more concerned with for us because of the nut allergy. So they you know, they have a lot of uh, stuff made with almonds, Nutella, stuff like that. So we have to be a little bit more concerned with that. If you have the seafood allergy, you know, stay away from Lombards. But other than that, I I, I wouldn't say there's I, w- I wouldn't say there's any one place you should avoid. O- almost all the menus at Universal are very eclectic and yeah. have something for everyone, no matter what allergy. Uh, and and at the end of the day, if you are very concerned about it, I would say um, if if you have any concerns at all, stick to the Universal owned restaurants. You know, don't maybe don't go to the Hard Rock, don't go to Margaritaville, Bubba Gump's stuff like that. If if you're very concerned, it is on property, and these are big chains so you know they they care about you too but it's not universal chefs working here it's 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 hard rock hires the chefs and they come in and work it's margaritaville hires the chefs these are all third parties so uh the universal chefs will follow all the universal standards to a t so maybe just stick to those ones nbc and and Mm -hmm. twosome and uh the stuff in the parks so well, um, Richard Rowland asks, is Universal as good for handicapped people as Disney is? And I saw other people commenting or kind of asking questions in this vein a little bit, too, because um, somebody asked about the water park. But I said that we couldn't we can't really answer that question till we go. And even then, I don't yeah. know how well I can answer the question, but um, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I can't I, I, I can't really answer that because I've never I've never been really to universal 
with someone who needed extra uh, accessibility. The only time I have experienced that is uh, when Kylie was in a leg brace during Halloween Horror Nights, and I had to push her around in a wheelchair the entire night. Uh, From that experience, I will say uh, Halloween Horror Nights is really terrible on accessibility. Only wheelchairs can go through the houses, uh, not ECVs, scooters, and stuff like that. And those houses are very tight. So if you have any limbs or extremities sticking out, or if you're in an overly large wheelchair, it's very difficult. Um, but, But here's the deal. Yeah, Disney, a lot of places, you don't have to worry about ECV parking. Um, a lot of it's just, you know, you can take ECVs through. At Universal, it is very heavy on needing to transfer. And uh, then the ride regulations are very strict on it. So I, I won't try to church it up and say that Universal is as easygoing in accessibility as Disney is. It, it's just not. Um, but I, I don't think it's nearly impossible with a little patience on both parts. Um, you know, if if you are able to transfer from an ECV to a regular wheelchair when you want to go and experience an attraction and you're able to transfer from your wheelchair to uh, a ride vehicle, as, as long as you can do those things and you're okay doing it and you're in a good spirit about it, then it'll be nice and easy. If it's, if it's you know, I, I need to stay in my ECV or I, I need to stay in my chair, it's just not it's not as accommodating in that form. And uh, I, I won't try, try to sit here and lie about it either. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, just, it's just different. But um, the, the main important thing is the four ride requirements uh, that you have to meet, including having uh, you know extremities to a certain length, having a certain amount of extremities, being able to hold on and sit in an upright position. Uh, you might remember a long time back when we talked about the the person who had no limbs at all. And yeah, I was going to say uh, I remember that. Yeah, and wasn't able to ride the rides. You know, if it's situations like that, definitely take a look at it. But um, you know, a lot of these attractions at Universal are thrill rides, and they they take them very seriously. So uh, just do do your homework. And we can follow up with any further questions uh, if you want to email us or anything uh, about those. I won't go into too much depth here, but we can help out a little bit more if you ask. Um, so, oh my gosh, I had a, a good one here. Sheldon Man 14 asks, um, Universal or says, Universal creates a ride quicker than Disney, which I would say mm-hmm. it is for sure at this point, but they tend to be built quicker. Which is what you said, but she, they're asking what, um, who has the better approach, Universal or Disney? I want. Do you want to answer this first before I go in? I'd like to flesh out my thoughts. Okay, Craig is very familiar, um, more so than me, obviously. Of um, he, he gets a lot of slack a lot of time for people being like, "You don't like anything about Disney," but I'll tell you that Craig is always the person that knows the name of every single person that had a hand in building the attraction that he's on. He takes the time to understand what the story is and has an appreciation for how they're telling the story. I am a lazy person, and I go on the ride, and if I can't understand the story, I get upset. So I'm on the other end of that, and then I look it up later. I there are it's it's hard to say. I would say that Universal is on this streak of innovation right now that I feel like Disney got lazy with. I'm not saying that they're not innovating, 
but they're on that weird teetering point where I think when Diagon Alley, I'd even take it a step farther back, but when Hogsmeade opened, I think they saw something and they were like, ah, big deal, whatever. And people just went, you know, crazy for it. I almost said a bad word. Um, And uh, then Diagon Alley opened. And now that is the level to which a themed land in any theme park in the world should be raised to, I believe, in in terms of like if you're going to call it a themed land, you know, an immersively themed land. So I honestly think their moment to shine and prove that they still are who they are is – Star Wars land. You know, if they're going to talk their talk and say that they're still the best, then show us a more immersive land than Diagon Alley with your Star Wars land area. Now, with that said, I, I do – I've always been very partial to Universal because they are so movie-oriented and their thing has always been about like how to, it creates you and pulls you into another world. And that speaks to me on a level where I've always been very socially awkward. So my appeal to movies is like it's cinema is a language that I learned how to speak. I feel like better than I learned how to speak English. And so I, I'm very drawn to that aspect of storytelling, but I, I think Disney approaches it in a different, a completely different way. So have I stalled enough for you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, if my sentences made sense, it's tough. Okay. So they, they both do two different things. Um, Disney. With. Okay, wait. Okay, so this person's already responded in the chat. That's why I'm sorry. Okay, so Sheldon says I may have messed that up. She was. They were asking about simulator versus animatronics, and I'm going to stop you right there because Universal gets a lot of slack for that, but Disney is also using simulators a lot, and yeah. so stop. Like, I don't think Universal will only ever do simulators. It's just that they've mastered the both. You know what I mean? The realm of trying to use both. Yeah, and okay, so let's take it a step further. Yeah, Disney ad, uh, let's look at the last time around that they debuted a bunch of new attractions per se, and that was last summer when they had Soren Around the World, which is a simulator. Yes. They just changed the movie. They had Frozen Ever After, which was literally just a, they threw. You know, they threw together a Frozen theme onto a ride track that already exists. Yes, they added animatronics in, uh, but it's already – the ride was already there. It's just putting a layer of paint. Well, and this, the Banshee ride at Avatar Land is going to be a simulator. Yeah, exactly. And I'm pretty sure from looking at the video of the the river ride is that they're using screens for the animals. Projectors in there? Yeah. Oh, so that if, is... If those are real animatronics, granted, you're just looking on, you know, 1280 by 720 footage. But if those are real animatronics, I'll take that back. But, you know, a lot of, like, the, the animals jumping and playing with each other, those just look like projections. So uh, I, I think I... It's just... It's, it's two different beasts. Um, you know... Universal is very reliant right now on screens and simulators, but it's because it is something that's easily adaptable. Uh, It can do things that a normal ride cannot do. And uh, not only that, but they've perfected it. And they're willing to throw money at it as well, too. When we talk about the timeline on things, Disney likes to spread their construction budget out you know, over over the different quarters. They don't want too much money going into anything at any given time. Comcast has very deep pockets and they don't care. They just want it done. So yeah. when they when they do the construction bids on it, a lot of times it's the same uh 
it's the same construction company working on something at Disney as it is a Universal uh, PCL construction here, and it's just that in Universal's bid, they they want it done as quickly as possible with as much finesse as possible, and you know they're that's the bid they put in. They're willing to do it. That's what they have to do. They have to make that deadline on it. Disney says, okay, well, you know what? It's fine if it takes a little longer. Spread it out. It's just, it just needs to get done. So so you can't really compare in terms of construction time. That's just how the companies are run. Uh, but honestly, yeah, the, we won't have a real deciding factor until Star Wars is open, yeah. I would say. Pandora is going to be beautiful. I, I know it's going to be beautiful. I just relevant. That's a different term. Beautiful, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but it's a good expansion to the park that fits. Uh, like anything, adding more to that park. I'm never going to say no to adding more to a park. If anything, it's a land you can walk through, yeah. whether you like it or whatever. It's just not going to be what they. Yeah. It's not going to be a Diagon Alley. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that can really be up against Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade together is Star Wars Land. So mm-hmm. once Star Wars comes out, then we'll be able to see who is truly the ultimate but you know we we have to wait a couple more years on that so um okay i've got one about the hotels but i feel like since we're on a ride kick i'm gonna ask michael campbell's question which is where do you think nintendo land will bring uh, i'm sorry i think he meant what do you think nintendo land will bring to universal and what rides would you want to see now i know we spoke about this before and so I would love to see something Donkey Kong oriented. Yeah. yeah, I mean we've we've covered this before and I think it's I think we need to expect something Mario Kart, something Donkey Kong and then maybe another Mario yeah. style attraction. I'm and- sure if they can get some rights worked out with the Pokemon people it would be a guarantee yeah. that there would be Pokemon something, but I think the idea is going to be that I think th- Universal might have I don't know I could be wrong tell, you know tell me if I'm wrong if you think so but um how Harry Potter has touched multiple parks I think that's going to be the thing when they find a property like Nintendo that has this legacy so so we've seen the idea that in Japan it's Super Mario World yeah. like I think that potentially eventually in even if there's not another theme park per se like a fourth one or whatever um I think that you would see Nintendo in Islands of Adventure as well as something else. You know, oh, there's the Pokemon world or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it will be spread out amongst different parks. And I, I mean, all I know, I we can speculate on what we'd like to see. I, I think Universal does understand that we want to see Donkey Kong. We want to see Mario Kart. Those are the two big things people are clamoring for a lot of people are clamoring for zelda too i don't know how that will be uh built into it even i'll even say like star fox and metroid people still want those too i I think they will find a way to bring in every property from nintendo that they can uh but i think they also have a good idea of what people want right away and they are going to make that happen with with mario kart and such so um I'm 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 a man of the masses. I'm not always a leader. Sometimes I just want what everyone else wants. Well, I don't play Mario Kart, but it seems like to me that's the obvious choice. Well, then you're a moron. <laughs> um, okay, well we're going to shift it to the hotels now with that comment. Um and Brad Christian says, "Is there something not to miss at the Universal Hotels even when you aren't staying there?" What do you think? 
I honestly think it's worth a boat ride from CityWalk. So if you've never seen them or you're not staying there, take a boat over to um, Portofino. And I think it's got a very – you'll be surprised at the – where the boats come out and into that hotel into the – what is it called? The, the the area where the boats are all the, – the boats, the fake boats. Oh, um, the Portocasher? Yeah. Portocasher? No, that's, that's the outside of the hotel. Oh, okay. I don't know what that word means, so. It's, but the bay, the yeah, bay, the bay where the boats dock. I don't know. I can't think of the word right now. But um, I, I I would say it's worth a boat ride over there. As far as, like, something not to miss, I think, it, let's say you're staying on Universal property, or even not. You're off there, but it's Universal Vacation or something like that. It's a rainy day. Try the bowling alley at um, at uh, your favorite hotel. Yeah, Cabana Bay. Yeah. So, yeah, that would kind of be my answer with a twist, I would say, if you're not staying at any of the hotels, uh, I, I still hear it. I still haven't gone over and tried it, but obviously, uh, for as long as this show has gone on and Cabana Bay has been open, we've been a big proponent of the tuna noodle casserole, which left the menu many years ago at this point now, but still talking about it. And I still hear from people that they'll go and they'll stay there and they'll go and ask and they still will make the tuna noodle casserole. They will? So that that's what I hear. Oh, nice. So... Um, if that is true, maybe go and be one of those people and ask for the tuna noodle casserole because, you know, I, I've learned to recreate that recipe at home <laughs> as closely as I can. So I don't need to go over there for my fix. But, um, you know, if I was ever in dire need, if I didn't live here anymore, I, I don't know. I'd probably be bold enough to try that. But um, so uh Griffin plays with a Z. Um, says, "Hey guys, in your opinion, what is the best hotel to stay at? Hard Rock, Portofino, or Royal Pacific?" He says he has a twelve-year-old son. Thanks. I know the answer would be Cabana Bay, but he doesn't list it here, so I don't know if he oh. forgot about that one or if he's actually, just saying out of the other three. No, I'd say Hard Rock. He's clearly going for the hotels with Express Pass. I'd say Hard Rock, oh, without okay. a doubt. Yeah, I, I I haven't stayed at Hard Rock, but I've you know gone there a couple times, and I like the atmosphere. It's fun. Uh, it's got an ice cream place in it. And oh, I I love I love the atmosphere. I like Emac and Bolios. I like I love all the dining options there. Um, I've never had a bad meal at the Palm. I've never had a bad meal at the Kitchen. I don't mind the decor of the rooms with the no, I like pinks yeah. and all that. I granted, I do. I will just flat out say it. I do not share Pete's opinion of the rooms at all. I, I think Hard Rock is an absolutely great hotel, and I would actually choose to stay there if you're talking about having to stay at a place that gave express passes mm-hmm. um, as part of it. I would stay there over Portofino and Royal Pacific. So Hard Rock, without a doubt, and it's the closest to Universal Studios, Florida. Um, it's just it's it's my favorite of those three hotels um and do you think emmett austin is asking do you think the cabana bay is going to have its own entrance to volcano bay because i've wondered this as well because it is right up on top now it's it's just going to have a walking path to get there and the walking path is going to be you know just feet just feet yeah a mile Oh, feet. I, I was like thinking like, oh, there's going to be sandals everywhere? Like no. feet or like drawn on the no. sidewalk? I the, would, the distance measure. It'll, it'll be probably about from the one tower that they're building, one of the expansion towers at Cabana Which Bay. looks beautiful. From there to the entrance, I would say you're talking under under a football field. Less than that. Probably yeah. 
probably under half of a football field. I can't wait to, to go and see. I, that's got to be where it's at, though, because if you're right there and the volcano's right outside of you and there's going to be a sunset over there, that's going to be... Did I, did I tell you I saw the volcano erupt? <gasps> what? No. Yeah. How? I Are was, they testing it? I was driving home on I-4, and I was at that point where volcano base straight in front of you. Yeah. And I, I still don't know if it was a real eruption or not, because God, I've been going so. that way every time to try to see it. I guess... No one else has seen it. I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not seeing things. But I was looking at it, and just a burst of water shot out from the top of Krakatoa. And what? it just kind of, yeah, a giant burst of water, and it, it was mist hanging in the air with it. Oh. And I was hoping that as I got closer to it, I, I mean, you know, it, luckily I was in construction. So the first thing I did once we stopped and came to a complete and safe stop is I tweeted about it. And then I just had my camera ready. To try to record it if it happened again, and it didn't, and I wasn't willing to go sit outside and, and just wait for, wait for it, yeah. it because, <laughs> uh, again, my wife would kill me if I did that, but... Um, okay, well, serious question here from Cindy again. Um, would you rather date Harry or Ron? For me, Harry. Uh, is Hermione an option? No, she said Harry or Ron. Mm, I'm going to choose Hermione. <laughs> so, Ron... I'm going to call that Ron by by extension. Um, Stick with Hermione. So, um, yeah, I, I, there's um, nope. Okay, nobody has asked any more questions since then. Um, oh, well, they, they've asked plenty of questions, but <laughs> I know, but we've been answering them, so I can't. Um, well, we're also at the hour, so it's like, yeah. Um, but I'll, there's two more in here. Um, I'll ask this one last, but. Uh, Charlie Vlogs is asking if we had any other predictions what we think will be announced for Halloween Horror Nights. And I think we – I have one. Yeah. I don't know who's making the It movie. But I have a feeling it could be – it could tie in. Because the movie's coming out in September. And I feel like it could potentially be a house. I think. I, that's just me. That's I'm looking at what horror movies are coming out this year. And I think maybe that – I mean, a Ring movie came out this year too, so I don't know. There could be a Ring house. Yeah, that might be interesting. I don't, I don't know about it. I know a lot of people want it. I don't see that happening. Um, why – and this is kind of like a, a complete different subject, but in my opinion, why go to Pennywise when you already have Jack? Well, that's the, that's the other so. thought I've had is that it's like, is it too many clowns? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it's a different type of a clown too. Yeah, I know. One's same. one's one's an insane clown. The other is a alien clown. Well, I meant like one's like a classic French clown. Oh, not like. <laughs> um, Sorry, the spoilers. If you haven't seen it before, the, the, the trailer, um, the trailer, the, the clown in the new movie is different from the other yeah. clown. Now, but I, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, you know, the, you always have to throw the purge in the mix because they didn't do it last year. Um, it was they they didn't have to end up doing it, so I'm guessing it will still be on the wait list this year in case they have to throw it like in. like a backup. Yeah, is is a backup kind of for it. I think that will still be on the list. Um, uh, there's technically still. What about more. the mummy? Oh yeah, you think they'll yeah, try and do a, a mummy house? Because I mean, it's a tie-in to their franchise that comes out in May. I w- I would enjoy that. I'd, I'd be down for a mummy house. Uh, Even if it's the old movies or the new movie or whatever movie. Yeah. I don't care. A mummy, an Egyptian-themed yeah. house, you know. What, what I do want this year that is a universal property, so it only makes sense to do it, Conjuring. 
Oh yeah, that would be that would be and, really. And good. there's a new Annabelle movie coming out. So and Annabelle would, two, yeah. So they gotta have the doll in there. Yeah, I believe it's Annabelle back in the hood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I think you're thinking a leprechaun, but well, that's another one I'd love. <laughs> I'd love the leprechaun. Um, I'm the leprechaun. <laughs> a little Wayne's World two for you. Um, no, Wayne's uh, World one, Wayne's World two. That's two. in the second one. Two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, The Conjuring would be great. I, I imagine if they did that creepy uh, the guy in the second movie. What was the the guy you didn't like the effect for in yeah, the movie? Ba- but I lo- I liked the second movie more than the first one. No, I think. they basically tried to make Slender Man in the second one. Yeah, Ooh. wasn't feeling it. It was, um, gross. It was well, weird because the dog turned into yeah. it. Yeah, but that's what I would love for HHN this year, and then more originals. Bring on the originals. I, I felt like last year, you know, Ghost Town was great, um, but. I want to see some some good good new originals. Um, yeah, that would be cool. That'd be cool. Why don't, why don't we do a question or more too? Let's go a little long okay. since it is our last live show. Lonnie Rignell has asked, and I think this is a pretty good question. Lou Ferrigno? Rigno? Sorry, I, I got distracted cousin. because like way back in chat, uh, Hey Kim brought up Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And <laughs> I, I love me some Emmett, Emmett Otter. The Crazy Otter from. Zootopia? No, no, Emmett. I know it's classic He's a Jim Henson. To Jim Henson. Um, so um, Lionel, uh, Lonnie Rignell has asked, "What is your favorite drink at Universal?" What's yours? Um, well, I mean, obviously butterbeer, but like, if you're talking about a, a adult beverage, um, I'm a fan of the Duff Light myself. That's my favorite, like, go to Universal themed. Beer. Um, Fat Tuesdays is always really good. Oh, I, with me, it's it's simple. I have to go back to the cowfish. If I could only have one oh, drink yeah, there, yeah, yeah. it would be buffaloes and bacon. Yeah, that's good. I got that the last mm. time we went there. Bourbon, bacon, cherry. You can't go wrong. There's also a good attention to detail in those drinks, too, where they don't feel like they're just like – out of the machine or a bartender quickly mixed them together. It feels like they're, they're like care was taken in your beverage. Yeah. Um, someone's saying like, how, how would you feel about mature Nintendo properties in Halloween Horror Nights, like fatal frame or eternal darkness? Um, I don't know what either of those are. Uh, no, I've never been a fan of any video games that they've translated into houses. And, uh, so far, I believe that's only been two: Silent Hill and uh, Resident Evil. What was were those both based on the video games and not the movie? Uh, Resident Evil was the video game, okay, for sure. Uh, Silent Hill, I believe it was also the video game as well too. And um, but Resident Evil is like hands down one of the worst houses I've ever been in. I just I can't get the disgusting feeling out of that house. Out of my mind. Uh, it's why was so, it? Why was it so disgusting? It was just bad. It was oh, bad. Okay. Yeah, it's you know you never want to admit that a house is bad, but it was kind of like Lunatics Playground this year. It was just bad. It wasn't good. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't worth doing it. So um, anymore. Give me give me one or two more. Okay, uh, Keith's got a good one because they are. I, Here, well, it's an okay a, one. While you find that, Rex keeps asking. I've seen this for the second time now. Worked at Diz and Universal. Oh, the training one. I'm sorry. They, uh, how would you compare the hospitality training? Um, first off, I wasn't. I went through Disney as part of the college program, so we've talked plenty of enough about that. I, I've never gone in for the full. 
you know, for a full or part-time position there. So I don't want to pretend like I know what that training is. The college program training is your one day of traditions, and that's essentially it. Uh, whereas Universal, you have your one day of Universal where you really get to know uh, the whole idea and the premise behind the company, their hospitality. Um, I The way I look at Universal is – in versus Disney in terms of hospitality training. Disney wants to be known for their guest service. And that is kind of Disney's like at the end of the day, if you work at Disney, we're known as providing great guest service, but universal doesn't want to just be known for providing the great guest service. They want to be known as the number one providers of that guest service. And so I personally feel like Universal does train their employees to want to provide better guest service. Universal employees are given a bit more freedom in terms of guest recovery than they are at Disney. Universal employees are taught to better theme and to get into your environment and have a connection with the area that you're in. Um, all these elements that come together, you know, part of it, it, it creates that pride of where you work that I feel like not as many Disney cast members have. I agree. Um, and when you're proud and happy to show up at work, even when there's all the bull crap that we talked about of having to be a cast member or a team member, even there, when there's that, if you can still transcend that and have that, that pride in what you're doing, uh, you, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to be better at giving guest service and, and serving the guests. And I just personally feel like at universal, that's what we did when I was at test track, you know, sometimes in your random rotation, you would get to pull the, you know, the magic moment rotation where for 15 minutes until you go back to the CDS to get another rotation, um, you have 15 minutes to either do lost and found, sweep the queue, take, find any random guests you want and pull them onto the ride. And, you know, that was great and all, but it forbidden journey. When I worked there, one of my leads, had you know they it was his accomplishment to do better guest service to give better guest service just randomly pull people out of rotation for as long as it took and they would be able to go and try to make someone's day better whether it was taking them on a castle tour uh getting them on the ride without waiting getting them butter beer just anything like that and Mm. then you would have to sign the book and say what you did and that was all to like motivate people to be better cool. at that. So it, it's not that not that Disney isn't isn't great at guest service. I, I absolutely think guest relations cast members uh, are above and beyond some of the best cast members you could ever want to deal with or strive to deal with. But at Universal, they just empower more low level employees to be better at giving guest service, and for that reason, I think I think they win with that. Okay. Mr. Rhino? I do want to backtrack first. Well, I haven't worked at both, so I can't answer that question. But I do want to backtrack to the drink one really quick because I thought of one that I always forget. Um, and that is at the newest of the resorts at Universal Florida, which is Strong Water Tavern. Yeah, yeah. Because those are really unique drinks. you got a really good view of the water out there. Really good place. So David Thacker reminded me of that question. So thank you for that. And then um, Brian Gomes asked, what's our favorite shop to get merch in at Universal? Mm. Well, I mean, I love all the Harry Potter gift shops, but those are all Harry Potter-themed stuff. So 
if if it's a non-universal themed shop, I really like pe- uh, Pick. Peek. Peek. Yeah, we know. The one in City Walk. Yeah, I know. You love it. I, even though I've never ever bought anything there. Yeah, mine... Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, any anything Potter's always great. You know, I love this store that uh, is in New York. Can't think of it off the top of my head right now that has the, the oh, monster. the Film Vault. Yeah, the Film yeah, Vault. Yeah, yeah, Thank I you. do like the Film Vault. I love vault. the Film yeah. Vault. Um, and, 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 you know, before the uh, the gift shop where you would exit out in Terminator and the mm. horror makeup show, that used to be good, but they've kind of... Lately, it's gotten a little... Yeah. Well, a lot of times they used to have great Star Wars stuff in there, but they've stripped all the Star Wars stuff out. Now it's mostly Terminator, Doctor Who... Um, so got, still like, a lot DC of stuff. The Walking Dead and yeah, DC like Superman Very, statue yeah. in there for some weird reason. Yeah, so I, I would say the Film Vault and then any Potter shop are my two favorites. Um, and let's why don't we wrap this one up on one good more question, one more good question. Well, Keith Henninger said, and the reason why I like this one is because this happened in Hollywood. Was if you could see one past Halloween horror nights. Horror Nights house turned into a full he said ride but I'm going to say attraction Yeah. Um, what should it be because they did that with The Walking Dead out there what do you think they should do here I think they should do American Horror Story make it longer and like have more of the seasons and have it you know or, or just take the interconnecting seasons and do that that's how I feel nah see I oh, or oh you know what would be good the uh, American Werewolf in London I yeah, but you know that part of American Werewolf in London, and now that I look back on it, it was so amazing the first time around. Best house of that year's best house of that year, hands down. Uh, then it came back and the exact same with just a little bit of changes, and it it was great being able to go through it again. Like oh my my old long my old friend yeah, but it just didn't have that same oomph to it the mm. next time around. I would probably say. Screw all that. Let's go back to the Monsters and Mayhem house, 25-year house. Oh, yeah. That would be a good one. Just year-round celebrate, S- celebrate the uniqueness yeah. of Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, for sure. That's the a good, original creation. You can always have a jack in there. and Yeah, that it's kind of its way of self-promoting yeah. the event. And there's year. always room to expand and mm-hmm. adapt and add more Swap onto it. Swap a room out here exactly. and there if they need to. Exactly. So, whereas the other, you know, you could do that with, like, classic monsters and you could do it with some of the other uh horror franchises you know alfred hitchcock we've talked about that before if they could make an original one on that that would be something i could see that i would have staying power but you know no do do it the right way do the 25 years house and as new creations come up that would better replace older ones than replace them but yeah that's I, I think we just have one more question left. Okay. And well, uh, I don't know if we have enough time to answer this one. Is it what the resolutions? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we're out of time though. Yeah. No, yeah. we're we are absolutely out of time. I have on my clock. Yeah. So we won't be able to get to that one this time. Not this week. Um, plus, it, it wouldn't feel right doing it for a live show, anyways. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that one next time, guys. But uh, thank you so much to everyone out there remember if you want more information on the show or any of the other shows that we have out here on the Diz Unplugged podcast network head to disunplug.com that is where our show notes are um i shouldn't have to tell you this anymore you should already know uh and if you don't then well you haven't been listening to us for the longest time make sure you're following us on facebook twitter 
everywhere. Subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, and leaving comments and feedback. We love seeing it. Uh, but, guys, thank you so much for following along with us uh, on these live shows for the past couple of years. And please... I know, I know you're going to miss the chat for those of you who do watch the live shows, but uh, for, for everyone else, please you know stick with us when we uh, go to just pre-recorded shows and have uh, the, the chat on YouTube. Maybe we'll start paying attention to that more because, uh, because that's our only way of actually interacting with you. So I, I would give it a shot. That's what I would do. So thank you again so much. Thank you, Rhino. This was great. It was amazing. It was. It was. So, and thank you again, guys. And that's going to do it for the last live episode. Oh, captain, my captain. Of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. We will be back next week with a pre recorded episode. Till then, no resolutions. <laughs>